Hello, everyone, and welcome to Under the Wire. Um, we have had a bit of a problem with Facebook since the uh, rallies last week, which were, by the way, absolutely incredible, such huge turnouts and so many people there and such excitement. But since then, Facebook has gone um, double down on their throttling of the AVN page and anything that we post here. So for those of you who have joined me now, uh, I would just like to ask you all a favor, and I'll probably repeat this once or twice over the uh, show, but could you please share this video either now or afterwards with everyone on your own pages or your personal Facebook pages, because otherwise people are not going to get to see this. Facebook is absolutely censoring us like nothing. So um, if I could just ask you that personal favor, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today. And hello, Sharon. Good to see you. I am so excited because I'm speaking this morning with one of my favorite people, Polly Tommy, from um, the We Are Vax team in the United States. Uh, she's a hero of mine. And I'm just really excited to have gotten to meet her when she was out here three years ago or two years ago, um, with the VAX tour. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome Polly. Hi there. How are you? Hi, Mel. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. So good to see you. Um, I'm, I know that you've been following a lot of what's been going on in Australia, and I've certainly been following what's going on in the United States. Um, we have never really had a chance to talk about... Uh, you and the incredible influence you've had on our movement um, since you started when Billy was just very young, your son, Billy. So I'd like to kind of go through from the beginning with you, uh, talk about some of the things that you've done, which are just amazing. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you did before you had children and before you started um, act, being active on the autism scene. What what were you doing? Well, um, I was a drama teacher, actually. I loved, loved teaching um, children. Young, I taught children between the ages of 8 and 13, boys and girls. Wow. And I loved seeing, you know, children that were very timid. Um, and by the end of a term, as we called it in England, uh, they would be on stage you know, being someone or something, just giving them confidence. And, and it's such a wonderful thing being a drama teacher because it's not maths and you don't have to scream at them to get everything right, you know, how teachers do. Yes. It was such a fun job. I loved it so much. So, yes, and we, we would do poetry festivals and things like that. Oh, that's so, great. yeah, no, I never really, I know many of the press say, oh, you know, she was an actress. I wasn't an actress. I always wanted to be someone that helped children ironically, uh, be able to express themselves and right. have confidence with themselves. That was my passion before autism. <laughs> well, you've gone from helping children in one way to helping them in another way because you've spent a very long time. How old is Billy? Is he 21 now? He's 24 now. 24. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. So you started when Billy was diagnosed as being autistic um, you started to become involved in trying to raise awareness of autism and you started something in the UK called the Autism Trust. Is that right? Yeah. And, and a so magazine. Basically, 
Yes, and magazine was my first thing. The trust came a little bit after that. Uh, but basically, I was so horrified, first of all, by what happened to Billy, because I was so trusting in the medical profession. You know, I was brought up, you don't, you don't question. I went to very exclusive schools in England, boarding schools, where they taught you to be a, a perfect human being, where you obey, obey, mm-hmm. obey. And I was kind of an unruly child. So I spent a lot of time being told, no, you can stand outside the classroom until you don't ask that question, until you, you know, obey, obey. And so by the time I got married and had children, of course, I was, you know, ingrained to obey, obey anything, never question. You would never dream of quest. Very British. You don't question someone with a medical degree. So I was, I suppose, quite pro-vaccine, very pro-medical degrees, people with medical degrees and qualifications. And, um, I think after what happened to Billy, you know, with his seizure and then his you know, sort of awful aggression into this ghastly thing called vaccine injury that the doctors then give you this diagnosis of autism. And we need to make that clear because Billy, in my mind, isn't autistic. He's vaccine injured. Yes. They gave him that, that um, label and that label call, has caused much of the controversy that we see in this world today. It's because of the label of Uh, autism. I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things that we hear constantly is stop calling it autism. It is vaccine-associated brain damage or vaccine-induced brain damage. What do you think children who are like Billy um, should be called? Because I think we have to bring in the vaccine somehow because When you call it autism, instantly people say, oh, nothing to do with vaccines, that's been debunked. But if you call it vaccine-induced brain damage or vaccine-induced something, um, you can't avoid connecting the vaccination with what happened. Have you thought about what you would like this called instead of autism? Um, We have thought about this. I mean, all of us, and you as well, you know, Mm. all of everybody who's been in this game for so long and those that are new to this game have as well. But many of us just accept, oh, okay, it's autism, it's autism. And then you sit back and you think, no, it's not. My son is brain injured from the MMR vaccine. That's the only vaccine he had that day. So there's no argument about what happened to him. Um, I'm sure the vaccines before uh, triggered something, and this was the final insult. I'm yep. sure there's all that going on as well. But no, I tell people my son is vaccine injured. His brain is irreversibly. I don't. I don't want to hear from people. Have you tried homeopathy? We've tried everything, right. and Billy's in a really good place. Mate, we're so proud that he talks and walks and does things with purpose. Yeah. So, but, and I say this to people: if you put that decide to put that needle in your child. I don't care who you are. You can improve the quality of that child's life, but you will never get that child or that person back to how they were before. I know that from the people that I've spoken to. I know that for sure. Fact. That's it. So, um, yeah, it, you really have to be careful. Don't Because some people say, well, I'll detox him after the vaccine. Good luck with that, because Billy is, is really severely brain injured. And from we, this vaccine. One vaccine. We get that all the time too, especially now with no jab, no pay, and no jab, no play, because there are people who can't work unless they can get their children into childcare, and the government's simply not allowing children to go into childcare in most states of Australia unless they're fully vaccinated with every single vaccine in the schedule. And we have people contacting us all the time saying, oh, I've been told that if I use this homeopathic remedy or do a detox afterwards that they'll be fine. 
And I have to say to them, nobody is going to be able to take that vaccine out of their body completely. They may be able to help alleviate some of the reactions, but once you put that into them, they are never going to be able to get it out. And if they're telling you they can, they're lying to you. So think seriously. And if you think that you can't survive without vaccinating because you can't afford not to work, well, think about how much it costs to raise a vaccine-injured child for the rest of their life. You will not be... No, here's what I say to people. So first of all, when people say, well, you know, I won't be able to work. Exactly mm. that thing. Okay, so here's what may happen. Your child may die. We've seen that. You know. Yes, Meryl in Australia, right. how many death stories. And you're going to be doing way more with your bus. Yep. Um, so your child may die. And in that case, your life will fall apart and you won't want to work anymore. Your child may be brain injured like my son, Billy. Uh, so therefore, you're going to have to be the full time carer. So if you can forget working on that as well. Mm. Your marriage will probably fall apart because 85 percent of them do. You will be financially ruined. Your relationships with your family around uh, going from parents to, to sisters and brothers will probably be ruined as well because they think you're crazy. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. I mean, it goes on. And then just for yeah. one moment in time, one needle, because you wanted to continue to work. I know this sounds harsh, but this is the reality, not just for my son, but we've seen countless parents around the world, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and America. And the stories are all the same. Yeah. And, and it's an important message. People need to know that they may feel that it's difficult not to vaccinate, but if they vaccinate and something goes wrong, they don't even know the beginning of difficult. I mean, when, with my son, we spent years trying to get him better. And my son was never as badly injured as Billy or as badly injured as most of the children that I've spoken with. But it is something that you can't undo once you've done it so you really need to carefully consider you may be able to to do there's lots of things out there that can work and do work for lots of people so mm. you may be able to get your child so the diagnosis of autism is taken away mm. but i've spoken to those parents and they, they describe it that these children are like children with band-aids or plasters covered all over them and if and, and they're, they're walking around like this fragile but if they get the wrong diet mm. get in with the wrong people they're very vulnerable there's still many many things that your child was not born like. So basically, you're still not going to get that child back to where that child was before you stuck that lethal, lethal needle into your child. That's right. It's a poison. They call it a toxin. People don't understand what toxin means. It's a poison. And vaccines are full of different poisons. So we really need to consider that. Um, sorry, I want to go back because I get sidetracked so easily. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about the um, the magazine that you started when before you started the Autism Trust. So you you were publishing a magazine. How did that start? Well, so basically, yeah. Well, so basically, we did a program. So we, we were very frustrated that we couldn't get any help for billion. And this was, so Billy's 24 and he was 13 months when he was injured and he got a diagnosis around sort of two, you know, because it takes a bit of time. And when they told us Billy had autism, we asked them, what is autism? We'd never heard of it. Really? Never. Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy now. We'd never heard of it. And the health visitor who, who said this is what he's got, she said, I'm not really sure. So she didn't even know, but she said, he's just passed these guidelines here. So we're going to refer you on. So I went to a library 
and got an old book out and it said autism is, you know, lifelong disability, ghastly, worst kind of um, mental illness you can have, something mental on those lines. Illness. So and I couldn't find anybody that had an autistic child. I, I just couldn't. Wow. I, and of course, we didn't have social media like we do now. Mm -hmm. So I would go to the play groups and things like that because I had an older daughter. And um, apart from the fact that we were thrown out of most of them <laughs> because Billy was behavior was so bizarre, I just couldn't find anybody. And so my husband at the time, John, was training to be uh, he was training. He was sorry. He was a, uh, a health trainer, a fitness coach. And he was training uh, somebody who was very big in television. And he said, why don't you go on, say, the equivalent of 60 minutes uh, with uh, Trevor McDonald? So Trevor McDonald. So we did a program and we were asking, is anybody out there? that can help us with this condition because he wasn't born like that. So the first thing that happens, they took all the uh, references to the vaccine out. We, were, we couldn't believe that. It was the first experience <laughs> of the censorship. Yes. And then the other thing that happened is we couldn't even walk out of our house. In the program, they'd shown the front of the house and people had found the front of the house oh. and they were knocking on our door. They were stopping us in the park. And there we knew we were not alone. There was a great many of these people and they were crying and asking us for help. And we remember done the program to ask if there was anyone out there that could help us. Right. So that's when I said, we need to put this together in some kind of newsletter type magazine and have, we'll just, as parents, we'll ask each other questions and we'll try and answer them between us because that's when we realize there's no medical professionals that are going to help us. They're saying we're crazy and we've got censorship issue here. And so in the back shed of my garden in London, with no experience whatsoever and ghastly spelling, I cannot tell you. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> no autocorrect. Oh my God, I don't think we had, I don't know what we had then, my father helped me. Um, I basically uh, just started doing it and people, we had so many thousands of emails sent to us uh, asking for our help. So we started to contact these people and we, that's how the magazine was born and I have to say it's not it's not going anymore because it's not needed anymore but we've got years and years and years of articles by parents and professionals um so that's all a history documented but if you go back to issue one of that when Billy was three or four we're still saying the same thing that we're saying now wow there's no difference nothing's changed and are those Nothing articles archived on the website the autism trust yes, UK? okay they're not on the Autism Trust, no, but they're on Autism Media Channel. But uh, we will do something with that. But honestly, in this day and age, people can get pretty much all of that information, as you know, yes. uh, through wonderful organisations like AVN or Children's Health Defence or something like that. So, But they're there for history because one day people will look back and say that was the crazy barbaric times. I honestly yeah. think, Meryl, this is the worst crime medical crime is one of the darkest times of medical history uh, and we still don't know how many are affected from this it's going to take some time to unravel it but so take autism was what we found out on the bus and put it up there in a corner because it's a tiny fraction of vaccine injury in this world yes and we've shut down the entire world because of covid19 which has killed I don't know how many people it's killed. The, the figure that they're quoting is much higher than it would be because they're really inflating the deaths. But if you look at the figure for deaths from COVID-19 and you look at the figure for the number of children who've been diagnosed with autistic brain damage and other conditions linked with autism, like diabetes, like 
eczema, like asthma, all of these conditions that are known to be caused by vaccinations. I mean, should we, what we really should have done instead of shutting down the world because of COVID, we should have shut down every single vaccine clinic and medical center, and we would have seen that the world would have been a far healthier place um, than it actually is today. I know that in the U.S., um, they're complaining that during the COVID outbreak, people have not been taking their children for their well-child visits, so they're not getting vaccinated. And yes, I expect to see that children are going to be much healthier at the end of this COVID outbreak than they were before. Uh, well, that's going to be the problem for catch up. So people, if you're being called in for catch up, we have seen the worst injuries and death from catch up. Mm. So catch up is where, if you don't know, they'll call you in and say, OK, so you've been in COVID for, for four months. So your little baby that was born is missing three months or whatever, you know, three loads of gosh knows what is even on the schedule here in America. Now, remember one vaccine brain-injured Billy. Yeah. One vaccine Mason Bundy uh, killed him. So if you're going to take your child in for catch-up, I'm sorry, but that means severe, severe injury. Mark my words. You may not see it straight away, mm. but it'll be a slow decline into some kind of serious issue. Yeah. They're doing that in Australia too. If you if you want to get your children into preschool or childcare and they have never been vaccinated, they do a vac a catch up schedule. So instead of getting eight vaccines at one time, you might get eleven or twelve vaccines at one time. It is absolute insanity. It is gross negligence, and we are getting so many reports of children being really severely injured by these. Um, catch-up schedules and and there's no evidence for it they've never tested vaccines as it is let alone testing them in combinations that they're administered in and then they're administering them in even greater numbers and it's got to it's got to cause more injury and that's what we're seeing so back to the history um you are one of the bravest people that i know and i'm going to put on the screen now i don't know if you'll be able to see it but this is hello boys i want to talk to you about this <laughs> you look okay, gorgeous well, I can't see it. thank goodness I can't see it. Um, how did this come about well so i was in my 40s actually so and um i was getting more and more angry with the amount of people coming forward with the vaccine-induced autism, let's call it that for now, um, I was I was getting more and more frustrated with the doctors that were calling us crazy, the press that was being written about uh, people, parents like myself, and we were growing and growing and growing, and um, and so I started to get angry, and I I started to write. I did what they told me to do in England, so the powers that be said you need to go and speak to your local uh, person in government well they they're not interested as you know so I thought I'm sick of this I need to go right to the top who runs this country who's in charge because nobody else is listening who is it it's Gordon Brown Gordon Brown was at the time our prime minister so I wrote to Downing Street and I said you need to meet me because here's why and uh, no response so then I got talking with some friends of mine. I said, what is it going to take for them to listen? And they said, you've got to do a publicity. You've got to do something. You've got to either get your kid off or you've got to do something. Well, I'm in my 40s, so I didn't really want to do that. But then the more that we looked into other things, we can do, I thought, I've got no choice. Fine, I'll do it. 
So I did it, hopefully, in the most tasteful way. It wasn't sort of, you know. So there's a very famous um, advert, uh, it's a commercial that was in England called Hello Boys, and it was advertising some kind of Wonder Bra. Oh. And it was so successful that it started, people started crashing their cars because obviously the men were sort of staring at this absolutely beautiful, gosh knows how old, girl <laughs> on billboards everywhere. So at the time, the three political leaders were going for election. They were all men. So, you know, you had um, David Cameron, Nick Clegg, and, and um, uh, whatever his name is, yeah. <laughs> Prime Minister, <laughs> Gordon Brown. <laughs> and so, so someone came up with a clever idea, why don't you reenact that age 40 and cause a stir? Because you're not going to be all like glossy-lipped and stuff. You're going to be just literally an angry mum. So I did it. And I tried a bit, actually, when I did the photo shoot. So I thought, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to be this person that's going to be on a billboard in a bra, basically. But actually, um, my children thought I was wearing a dress, so I kind of got <laughs> But anyway, so these billboards went up, and the bill we didn't cost us a thing. Wow. So uh, all the people who run the billboard companies, down to the man that pasted it up, said this course is, everybody was saying, this. we know about this. So they, everything was for free. We didn't raise any money, didn't cost any money. And that's when uh, it hit the headlines, and I got the feminists came down on me. I mean, that actually did me a favor because they gave me they gave me the ability to have a platform to talk about the real issue. So I got onto all of the major televisions, all the Good Morning programs. Uh, it was, and one day I did 14 radio interviews in one day and we were wow. talking about vaccine injury. So and I got to go to, da uh, to Downing Street and meet the prime minister and his wife. And they talked and they listened and they even put the... Um, autism in their manifesto for the re-election and then they didn't get him uh so then the next pre uh, prime minister um david cameron i met him twice and spoke to him about it as well but you know they didn't do anything no they really just didn't do anything they didn't know how to help they were just like we don't know what to do because and now we know what we know most of them are unfortunately in bed with big pharma yes they are but but you had a great effect even if it didn't affect the government people would not have felt as alone because they saw you out there and they saw that you were you were talking about them, not just about your family. You were talking about them and, and their children who'd been uh, vaccine injured as well. So I think that that is just amazing. And that's why I think now, uh, even in the United States where they have the uh, First Amendment, freedom of speech, um, is that the first? I think it's the First Amendment. Um, they are not allowing billboards to go up and they're taking billboards down when they've been put up about this issue because they're afraid that people will see things like what you've done and realize that their children have also been affected. And there's that's why there's so much censorship now. I think also, Meryl, I think the problem is, is that I'm continually, we as a, in our community, if you like, are continually shouting out about these vaccines are killing people. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we have to come up with a solution because the, they don't know what to do because we've destroyed natural immunity. I came from, I'm, I'm a 60s child, where we went to parties to catch measles. It was described as a mild childhood illness. Yeah. The doctor didn't even come and see you if you had measles because everybody knew you just took plenty of fluids, which was literally the only thing in, in when I was a child we were told to do in Sleepy England. Yeah. Plenty of fluids, rest, get a book, read it. Um, and so we've destroyed, we were doing okay. And we've destroyed that. So I don't know what the solution is. I mean, 
I guess as Andy Wakefield says, nature just has to recorrect itself. And it will. Nature does that so well. But yeah, maybe there will be, you know, mothers have lost their natural immunity breastfeeding their child. So I don't know what this looks like sorting it out, but I do know whatever we have to do to put it right, we have to do. And and um, when people say, but there's going to be deaths, there are deaths right now That's with the right. vaccine injury. Yep. And if you're sensible and you eat well and you do everything that we used to do, we might just get through this, but we've got to do it. We've got to put it right for the future. Yes, we do. The More vaccines is not the answer. And that's the only answer that the government seems to want to discuss is let's get a vaccine for this, that and the other thing. There are something like 270 new vaccines that are currently in testing. Uh, and it'll be a vaccine for everything, vaccines for cigarette smoking, vaccines for cocaine addiction. I mean, vaccines for every single thing that's possibly wrong. Whatever happens is saying, let's live a good life. And that's the best way to stay healthy. Uh, that, you know, that just doesn't make any money for big pharma. So we can't really do that. But I think that people are finally reaching the point um, and I think COVID's probably got something to do with it, where people are reaching the point where they're saying uh, this is wrong and we're not going to listen to this crap anymore. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to take a quick look and see, because a lot of people have been asking questions and saying things. I just want to see if there's anything here. Um, yeah, mer mercury exposure through amalgam fillings and pesticides can really affect the firstborn through the first breast milk. That's true, Sharon. And I think that it's more than just the firstborn because your your mercury fillings keep going the whole time that you're uh, pregnant and alive. So, um, all right, let's move on. So you moved to the United States. How long ago? How long have you been in the U.S.? Nearly eight years. That's all, just eight years. I thought it was longer than that. Oh, I love, and I love it here. And I love England. You know, I miss England. There's elements of it I do. But I I feel so safe here in America, believe it or not. Um, we have a beautiful um, 40 acres here that's been given to our charity to be able to build this amazing place for adults with autism. I love the people here. You know, I'm, I, you may be seeing ghastly things on, on the news mm -hmm. uh, about America, but it's a fantastic country with really good. You've been here, Mel. You I know. lived there for 30 years and I love it. I feel more at home in the U.S. than I do anywhere else in the world. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. The people what you see on television is not the people in the United States. That is not them. The people are hospitable, friendly, kind. Um, very much Wonderful. like Australians, but, you know, but but it is one of those places that gets such a bad rap from television because of movies and everything. That's where people learn about the U.S. So you've been there eight years only. You've done a lot in eight years. <laughs> you really have. So you started the Autism Trust in the United States, which is a charity. What is the purpose of the Autism Trust as you're running it now? So when Billy was about 10 years old, I, he was at this wonderful school in England. Um, it's a very holistic school. It was just everything you could dream that your child could be at. It was fantastic. Basically started up by parents. And um, I went to see the headmistress there and I said, this is fantastic. What happens to your, when they reach 18 and they have to leave, where do they go from, from here? What happens? Because you do such amazing work with them, teach them all these amazing life skills. And she said, it's horrific. There's nowhere for them to go. 
So after I had that conversation with her, I went and did my own research and I sent 300 letters out because those were the days we had to handwrite pretty much everything yep. to adults, uh, families that already had adults. And I can tell you that not one response back was positive. And it, was, it horrified us. Wow. The abuse in homes, care homes, group homes, uh, institutions in England, people were buying up old houses and cramming as many adults of autism in they could because the government was giving them a great money-making venture. Parents talking about non-stop abuse. And then we started traveling around, looking at institutions and what was out there. And we found some good places like Paul Shattuck. I don't know if you know Paul Shattuck. I do. Sunderland. Yep. I love him. Built the most no BE for what he did build. It was amazing, but it wasn't quite right for Billy, but he wasn't quite high functioning enough for that. So we realized that there was nothing there for Billy. So that's when we set up in the England, the Autism Trust uh, UK, and is now run by a fabulous group of women, all women on the board. Highly recommend it, peeps. <laughs> and um, really strong-minded, fantastic women. And then uh, we came out here to do the same thing out here. And because of the more of the land that we've got over here, we can build the original um, actual template of the whole thing, which is and uh, which is something we want to replicate because you can take bits of it. Now, it's very important what we're building is very different from anywhere else because we everywhere everywhere that has an institution, which is a, more than four or five people in a in a home or in a place, um, charges. We're not charging the parents. So how do you finance it? Because, well, first of all, I'm saying the reason why we're not is because parents like John and I and most of the parents out there, we don't have any money because we've spent everything we can trying to cure our child, put our child right, or we just put our life into charity work. So that's why I said to John, we can't charge. I don't know how we're going to do this at the time. I do now. But I, I don't know how we're going to do this. But I know that we have to set something up to take care of these people because there's no price you can put. And most, like I say, most parents have no money. So now we have this amazing model where we are running a business and the business is funding. And you see, the biggest, one of the biggest lies of adult care is that they cost lots of money. No, they don't. Stop charging your government and everybody else. They don't. Right. We have Kent that we rescued from an institution. He doesn't really cost us anything. The biggest expense here is the organic food oh brilliant these people but yes so we're starting a business and we have lots of little businesses around here that will fund itself of course we'll always do fundraisers but we're not going to rely on fundraising because i tell you why with when all these adults age out which they are already doing you're going to be competing against each other and that should never happen and also we're heavily relying on our local churches we're banging on their door and saying hey the bible says this we are those people Right. You need to help us. And it's great you're helping the homeless. It's fantastic you're helping the people in sex trafficking. Yes, yes, yes. But we're here as well and we matter and you have to help us. So we're, we're bending their arm and saying, you, it, it here, it says it here. And so they are helping us. They have to. That is amazing. We need an autism trust in Australia because I know there are so many children who are now reaching adulthood or probably already have and have nowhere to go. Um, we have sheltered workshops, but that's not a solution. Well, I'm going to come back and we are going to set one up. We, we need we need a little <laughs> bit of land. So anybody watching that has some land, please, we need a land. We need to set it up. And um, and that's how I met Scary Jane and Jen in the first place. <laughs> oh, Scary because Jen, her nephew. Yes. Uh, she came to see us to talk about the Autism Trust and right. one potentially in Australia. 
Wow. So, yes, we've got to build one out there and we've got to template it out because there's no point just building one in Australia. You need one on every corner. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but there's an area uh, just north of me, maybe an hour north of me, called Tweed Heads, and they have built an entire school like from grade one, I think it might go up to grade six or seven for children with autism, an entire school, like a big school. I don't know how many children yeah. go there, but it's only for children with autism. And I, I remember being in high school and stop me if I've told you this story, but I was assigned a book to read when I was in high school called Dibs in Search of Self. And it was written by a, a journalist whose son was diagnosed with autism. This would have been in the 1970s. And I remember my teacher saying to me, I want you to read this book. Chances are you will never know anyone with autism, but it's important that you know about it. And now you don't know anyone who doesn't know someone with autism or many uh -huh. someone's with autism. It is such an epidemic. And you have the government and the medical community trying to convince you that it's just better diagnosis, but it's absolutely not. That drives me <sighs> mad. I know. Because this is what I say, you know, Paul Offit said it was best, better diagnosis. Okay, here's the thing, Paul. When you were in school, did you see a child like my son who couldn't even sit on a chair that was going, <laughs> seriously? Did you see that person in your classroom? Yeah. We're not talking about, Paul Lovett's talking about the slightly off person who likes to spot trains. Yeah. No, Paul. We're talking about people with explosive diarrhea that are thrashing their head on the floor that have no idea when you say, Billy, could you sit on a chair, please, and, and listen to this lesson? No chance, no chance of that child at that mm -hmm. age being able to do that. So, no, it's not better diagnosis at all because of the severity. Uh, that we see around the world, we did not see when I was growing up anywhere. Yep. I know not it is that. such a lie. Where are these autistic adults? I mean, yeah. And, and the, the, the confusion between autism and Asperger's where people are, you know, saying, well, why are you trying to get rid of autism? I'm autistic and I have a wonderful life. No, you're not. You have Asperger's, which is not even considered within the spectrum anymore. And that is not the same as being nonverbal, smearing your poo on the wall when you're 17 years old and not being able to eat, sit still or have eye contact. It's completely different. So, um, yeah, there's there's a, a big uh, movement within the autistic or the Asperger's community to basically say that autism is a wonderful thing. And as any parent of a child with autism would know, it is not a wonderful thing and it's not what any parent would want for their child. So, yeah, it's, no, it's not a gift. It's not my child with autism is a gift. No, it is not. Mm. Billy is a gift. Yes. yes. It's vaccine injury called autism by the doctor. So whoever, when people say to me, Oh, why are you saying you know autism is bad? Go and speak to my GP. Mm. He's the one that told me that Billy has autism. As far as I'm concerned, he has vaccine injury. Yeah. So no, you know, I mean, just push it away. This is they created this yep. to cause the divide that we see today. And it worked. So we need to be aware of it and fight against it. Exactly. Right. So um, so you were in the US, you started the autism trust. How did you ever come up with the idea? of a Vaxxed bus and the movie Vaxxed. <laughs> the movie Vaxxed is Andy Wakefield and Brian Hooker's brainchild. I mean, Brian Hooker, if it wasn't for Brian Hooker, and if you don't know who Brian Hooker is, people listening, look him up. He's wonderful. He is genius. Mm. Brian Hooker 
if, if it wasn't Brian Hooker, there'd be no Vax 1, no Vax 2, no bus, no me getting thrown out of Australia. Nothing. <laughs> so, Brian Hooker is my favourite person in the world. I have to say that. Um, so because of him and Andy, and it was, <clears throat> we were working on uh, another film at the, at the time. Andy and I set up this um, channel called Autism Media Channel because we were trying at the time to just film what it was like living with autism because of people saying it was a gift. And then Andy and Brian started to do this thing with William Thompson. And then we quickly saw that it was going to become a film. So uh, uh, my role on that film was really just to interview the parents. I interviewed Sheila Ely right. and uh, you know, many of the uh, parents in that. And also, I was never supposed to be in that film. De uh, halfway through the film, Del Bigtree came in and he said, Polly, could you just sit down and do an interview? We're not going to use it. It's just an interview so that I get a timeline of the kind of thing that we're going to be putting in. So, of course, I did it and my husband did it. And we were just timelining it. Next minute, I get a call from Del. We're going to have to use this. <laughs> oh. So that was never the intention that we're going to be in there with my bleach blonde um, uh, hair from clearance in Walmart. Anyway, so... We did that. We then we then started going to, of course, Tribeca happened where they threw us out of the um, film festival. And that was really, I don't think I've, outside of Billy's diagnosis, I don't think I've ever cried. I really cried because I thought, you know what? We're never going to win this. At that mm -hmm. moment, I just thought, we've got, just got, we got to this stage where we're just about to do something amazing and the parents' voices were going to be heard. And then, bam taken away from us again and I was just like okay I give up I literally give up and then we saw within 24 hours that Vax was going viral and people people talking about it around the world so in fact it was a god thing because uh no you can't buy that kind of they place. did you a favor <laughs> yeah but we just didn't realize yeah. and of course they learned that for the next film for Vax <laughs> too but so as we were traveling around, it was really Dell and I traveling around. Andy at this time was having to work on something else. And he took the overseas. He went to Italy and places and promoted it there. So Dell and I were traveling around. We spent so much time in airports. And the lines of parents were getting just bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's when I said to Dell, you take all the science questions. Because I'm hopeless. I used to lose my temper with the people again. What about the science? Or my question is, we are the science. That's right. Uh, we've done the study for you. Look at our children. So that wasn't good enough. So Dell was much cleverer than me. So he took that. And I love the parents because I am one. So uh, I was comfortable listening to the parents. And I suddenly thought, you know what? These parents are telling me all these stories. I'm going to have to have the world listen to these stories because otherwise it's just me standing up at Q&A saying, I spoke to a lady the other day. And they're going to go, yeah, right. No, you didn't. So that's when... Uh, Somebody came along, Dana Gorman, and she said, you've got to go live on Periscope. And that's when it started to happen and the wow. world started to join in. And it was the most amazing thing that ever happened because it kept me going because they lifted me the whole time with their hearts and their love. And I'll never be able to thank all these people because I don't even know who they all are, but I'll never be able to thank the people on Periscope. And that's when Peeps TV was born as well because of right. the, Peeps, the Periscope Peeps. And that's on Roku, right? Because we can't get Roku in Australia, I'm pretty sure. Is Peeps TV on well, Roku? Yeah, so basically we're censored everywhere, just like you are. YouTube mm. are taking us down, just get blank screen, and we'd start to go out live on the bus and they'd scramble it. And it was becoming a real problem. And after we did Vax 2, where we promoted, we said, thank God for Periscope and Vax 2, they basically cut us off. Wow. 
So they must have got completely told off by somebody. And so then we were in trouble. Um, we tried using different people's platforms that worked for a little bit and it just got cut off, cut off, cut off. That's when we said we're going to have to store this for history. And Roku promised us they would never censor us. They gave us a channel. It took three years to build this channel. And now we have a place where people can show their films if they've made. Anyone who's banned can go there and show. They can have their own sub channel. We've got Bobby Kennedy on there, Children's oh. Health Defense. Anybody listening uh, that wants to put something on there that's been taken down, that's where to go. And I think Australia must be able to get Roku. I'm going to have a look after this. It's oh. probably not promoted like it is here. I know that I have to use a VPN to get Roku to get Roku um, to to show that I'm in the U.S. Even though I'm not, but really? it, that I haven't looked for a few months. Maybe things have changed. But we might start lobbying Roku and say, "Could you please come to Australia? We need you." Um, because yeah, that is amazing. If they're not censoring you, that is fantastic. Um, they are amazing. Yeah. Roku have been fantastic. So so yeah, so we're getting everything, and we're cutting. That's going to be where history is stored. Well, if we can get it, then that may, we might put our own videos on there as well yes. as on We Are Vexed uh, once we start the bus. Um, I have to say. It, Watching you on the bus for the two weeks that you were out in Australia, I learned more from watching you interview those parents than I think I have ever learned in my entire life. First of all, I learned how incredibly strong you are because I'd be standing there in the background watching you talking to these parents with tears running down my cheeks thinking, how does she do this? How does she do this? The strength um, you had to actually hold it together while you were talking to some of these people and some of the stories were just horrendous. Um, and I, I just feel like I need to practice what you did of, of feeling the empathy without letting it get to you so much. Uh, but also the questions that you asked and the way that you asked them, people were so anxious to speak to you everywhere we went there would be lines of people wanting to speak with you, Polly. And I know that we've done several events without you. And we've asked people to come and talk to us. And they'll say, is Polly coming? Is Polly coming? We really want to talk to Polly. So um, when you went on the bus at first, did you have trouble getting people to come out and speak with you? Or was it they were just anxious? They really wanted to talk to you? Well, we had, because before the bus, remember, we'd been traveling around, so the right. line started there. Um, I mean, I think also, you know, Billy's story in the first Vax film, um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little bit sort of aggressive about this whole issue because I'm, sort of, I'm angry for yeah. other people. I'm angry that when I spoke about Billy's story, that it didn't save loads of people. I mean, why are we still having to do these interviews? Mm. Why aren't people hearing us? The same reason that I didn't hear other people that warned me, you know, Blindfolded. but you know when you have felt pain you recognize the pain and I truly my heart when you hug them Meryl wait till you hug these people and they'll they'll come and put their arms around you and you you can feel their pain going through you right. and what keeps you going that but what will keep you going on that bus the signatures as the signatures come on you have a duty to continue when the dead people, the dead babies, the dead toddlers, the dead adults are pinned on the inside of your bus. You will see them every day when you get in the bus. And Noah and I would sit in that bus, we'd look at each other, we'd look at our babies, we called them, even though I know they weren't mm. all babies, and we'd say, onwards in your name. Because they deserve it. These people that died from the vaccines, let's talk about that for a second. They took one for the future. 
They, they took one so that the parents could come forward and say, not brain injured, my child died, my baby died, my teenager, who was a really healthy teenager, died following Gardasil. Now, for them to be able to stand there, they're warning you. And for every parent that comes forward on your Australian Vax bus and tells their story, they for sure are saving someone's life. Yep. And so you will continue in that name because you will continue for the future, for the unborn. You're protecting the unborn future. Yes. And that is our duty here on earth right now to do. It's a mission. And so that's what's going to carry. It's going to carry. And you mm. will, as that bus grows, it's almost as you step into that bus, like you are stepping on holy ground. People can feel it. You can feel the peace in that. You can feel that there is something incredibly special yep. going on. So, you know, what you guys are doing in Australia, I'm so proud of you because it's been so hard to raise the money to get the bus. And I can tell you this, that the people around Australia and indeed around the world, because I know people around in, in America have donated and they will continue to because we're all in this together. We're we one are. big family and they will feed you. They will put you up in their homes and they will carry you around Australia. And it's it's God's work, Meryl. That's, That's what you're doing. And thank you for doing it. Oh, I, I feel so blessed to be able to do it. We had such amazing support from the people and we have only just started to announce that the tour is starting next month. So I don't even know if everybody watching this now knows, but the tour is starting in July. And uh, it, it, the first tour is only going to be a couple of weeks. After that, we're going to uh, probably have a bit of a longer tour, maybe three weeks. We're just kind of testing the waters now so we can learn because there's a lot to learn. Um, but the, the idea that we can go out there and give these people who are the government, the media, and the medical community are all saying that they don't exist, that they are crazy, that there's something wrong with them if they think vaccines have done this to their children. They're just trying to place blame on something that they've done. The fact that we can go out there and say, we believe you. We know that you are telling the truth because we are the same. We had exactly the same experiences. We have seen so many other families with these experiences. We are giving you a voice. We are going to make sure that people hear you. Um, I just think that that is, that's a blessing to be able to do that. And, uh, it is an honor. Mm. And and then I hear from your um, Anita and the lovely bus driver. What's his name? Tristan. Lovely mum. Tristan. I'm going to be interviewing Tristan um, on Sunday night, my night, Monday, your time. Um, <laughs> he's a lovely bus driver. Good choice. Um, Thank you. But they said that maybe there'll be a vax down under, is what they said. Oh, our documentary. I, yeah, we're going to have to do I told Brian Burroughs, I said, Get ready about a year or so when they've got their stuff. Don't think you're going to, because he keeps saying, this is the last back film I'm making. You're going to make him eat those words. <laughs> That's it. I've already told him that prepared. I've actually been thinking, is there a ferry that can go to New Zealand so we can bring the bus over to New Zealand as well and take Vax there? Um, because it's not that far. There are ships that go, so maybe there is a way of getting it there. But Australia is a huge country. It's going to take us a long time to get around it. Um, and I, we haven't had that first signature yet, but we are going to have that first signature on there very soon. And you know who the first signature is going to be? Or is that top secret? I can't wait. I think it's top secret at this point in time, but I will let you know before it's signed. Um, but... we, we have to go live on that. <gasps> 
So you're yes. actually using our social media as well, I hear from Anu. Anu's yes. helping you. Yes, he is. he is. He is. Anu's helping us with everything. He's been incredible. Uh, I love Anu. I want to get him out here. I want to get you out here. Um, it'll just be amazing. And Scary Jen needs to come out too to help us oh, with yeah. this. I hear Scary Jen is doing Bella's. Uh, she's going to help you with booking and stuff. Is yes, that she is. She's going to be our Bella. That's right. And she's the one who's set up. I haven't shared this on here, guys, but um, I should start calling people peeps. That's what everybody calls them. I'm so behind the times. Australian peeps. Australian, Australian peeps. Um, we have a uh, an online uh, form that Scary Jen has set up for everybody who wants to be involved in the Vax Tour. So I will share the link at the top of this after um, I finish. And if anybody wants to fill it in, let us know where you are, what you want to do. We will start getting this all organized because next month is the big... Uh, launch somebody says why are you calling it a launch it's not a boat but it is it's like a ship <laughs> they are really saying that i can't see any of the comments i just want to say in defense of, of jen uh scary jen is our sort of pet fun name for because she kept us in, in in like just like bella i mean let me just give you a quick example of, of bella to do the job that bella and jen are doing you have to be scary bella scary john jen but once bella but bella you have to be fearless she booked our um, bus into a hotel, never hard, because, you know, they have to take, and it was all organized. And when we got there, they said, actually, forget it. We don't want to park your bus because they saw the vax and everything. She got on the phone, and by the time she'd finished, the man said, okay, we're just claiming some cars, and we're going to be putting it outside. <laughs> I said, Bella, what did you say to him? She said, do you want 120,000 bad Yelp reviews? We are vaxxed. <laughs> man, like, no. That is perfect. Do yes. Not mess with our community. <laughs> and that's what Jen does too. Jen, when, when people would be asking questions at the Q&A, Jen would be giving them the microphone and she would say, you have a minute to ask your question. And at 65 seconds, she would be saying, time's up. That's it. Let's have the microphone back. There's 100 people behind you. <laughs> so I think that's she's how got, she she's got brilliant. that. I love Jen. I do and, too. And, you know, you've got a fantastic team. It's going to be great. I can't wait to get to know all the characters on the bus. And people, so We Are Vax is a great, great one. Uh, I'm, I'm sure now that we're talking about it, we're obviously getting completely taken down. But we, we have, you know, take us down all you like. We have other forums, you know. Yep, uh, that's and it. And you can always go into my Periscope and anything else. If you want it, it's there. What's Thank ours you, Polly. Is yours. That's fantastic. Do you know, with, with the executive order that Donald Trump just signed like about a week and a half ago, where he said that he was going to hold social media accountable for censorship... Do you know if that's going to have any effect? Are we going to have an easier time of it? or? Well, we don't know. Mm. There's not been much actually broken down on that. And we, you know, as much as it sounds wonderful, maybe in time it will help us. Mm. Because, I, because how can it not? But always with this subject, always with the vaccine issue, it's, well, for the safety and for the greater good, for the safety of the people of Australia. Yes. I mean, isn't that what I got thrown out of? I was a danger to the good order of Australia. And vaccines, people like us, are regarded as that. So I'm sure we'll slip through mm. and continue to... They cannot allow the parents' voices to be out there, more than anybody else, more than top doctors and scientists. You parents are the biggest threat of all because you're right and you're the truth. And if they have to admit to that, everything crumbles. So they can shout at Andy Wakefield or Del Bigtree or Bobby Kennedy and say, you're just crazy. But how can they? How can they stop 
millions, countless worldwide with their voices. You are the biggest threat. And that's why the bus is a threat Mm. in Australia and here in America uh, and and the people. What you're doing is what they don't want you to because you're actually doing the vaccine vac study whether you know it or not. Yep. They are terrified of this bus getting on the road. And I know that they're going to try and throw anything and everything they can at us when we're on the road to try and stop us. And they're not going to be able to because we have so many people behind us, not just in Australia, but around the world. And, uh, you know, stop us at your peril because you will never live it down if you do. Um and you're talking about Bobby Kennedy, and you've got a new venture that you're working on with Bobby Kennedy. I want to show a quick clip of this before we talk about it. So excuse me for a second, and I'm just going to switch over to that. People ask me, you know, why are you doing this? And you're, you know, you had family members turning against you, you've lost friendships, you've lost some of your contacts in the environmental community. And I say, I don't, I didn't have any help. I didn't have any choice. When once I knew what was happening, I knew too much. I had too much knowledge. And, you know, I'm seeing these kids with autism and I can't just pretend they didn't exist. You know, have, there's now 3 million kids who have been diagnosed who have autism diagnosis, you know, we're, we're, we're shut down the economy because 100,000 people died from COVID. Well, guess what? There's 3 million people who have autism, 68,000 every year, new diagnosis. And in many cases, that is a fate far worse than death. If you've actually done what Polly and I have done, which is to spend time with these families, people with true autism, half of those cases are what I would call full-blown autism. According to CDC, 40% according to the CDC. That means they're non-verbal. They're non-toilet trained. They're in agony all the time. Their brains hurt so much, are causing them so much pain that they bang their heads against the wall all day long to make the pain stop. They're screaming, they're biting, they're violent. They, 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 the disease destroys families for generations, it destroys careers, it destroys marriages, it, uh, it destroys everything. And, and these oftentimes were kids who were the leaders. They were the kids when they were 36 months old who exceeded all milestones. They were the smart kids in their class, in their generation, and those were the kids who were taken out. And that kid who had all this potential now, none of them will ever write a poem. They'll never pay taxes. They'll never go out on a date. They'll never have, they'll never sit on a toilet. They'll never have a conversation with a girl or a boy. Those lives which have been destroyed, you know, I had to say, if I could save one of those children, by giving up all of my ambitions and aspirations and friendships and everything else. If I could save one of those kids, it would be a life well spent. So the idea that I might be able to participate in sparing millions of kids from continuing to suffer those that risk 
uh, that happening to them. Um, you know, I didn't really have any choice. Okay, so this is a new, a new thing that you're doing with Bobby Kennedy. Is it on every week? Yes. So actually, it's every Tuesday. We just didn't do this Tuesday. We did Thursday. So it's once a week, every Tuesday. And actually, what we do is we go live from his Instagram account. Right. From so he's Robert F Kennedy Jr. So if you go and follow him, um, he. I love the organization. If you don't know Children's Health Defense, and there may be people listening that don't, it's imperative that you go there and sign up with your email. Okay, it's all completely free because this is how we're going to stay united worldwide. Before anybody gets you know, knickers in a twist, we're not saying they're leading us or anything like that. We're all one big family, but they have the resources and the ability, and the people that work for them have been in this game as long as Marilyn and I have. And um, they are literally joining us together as we're calling it Bobby's Army just so that we stay in contact if we completely get taken down and every day almost you get an email with breaking down the news of what's going on with Fauci, Gates, the vaccine uh, everything is broken down so you can understand it so if you want to keep up to date on everything that's going on keep with your usual things no one's saying stop following AVN or anything but this is something that you will, you will like this it's broken down so what I do with Bobby every week, and we've done three episodes so far, is we just go out every week and I ask him questions from the peeps, really. So it's just the peeps chat with Bobby. And then they call it Truth. And Brian Burrows are, and Toby, they edit it and put it, make it into a program and store it for history on our Roku channel on Peeps TV. Right. So you can watch it live. And it will always be on Bobby's Instagram. If you sign up to Robert, I think it's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yep. Uh, so he's got like half a million followers on there. If you join him, you will see him going live once a week and it's, or everything will be stored on there. If you have Roku, it's on there for history. Like I said before, we're categorized. Everything is going to catalogued for history. Yes. It is history, peeps. It is. It definitely is. And we, we have to store everything because otherwise it gets taken down. We've had so many we things do. taken off of YouTube that we just, we keep everything here. Um, so, you know, the amazing thing about Bobby Kennedy, uh, as an American, having seen the Kennedy family, my first real memory is when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I was only about three years old, and I remember my entire family, my father, who I'd never seen cry, sitting there crying in the lounge room. So that Kennedy family is something that I grew up with, and he had everything. He was so well respected. He was an environmental lawyer. He was everyone's darling. And he had the temerity to start to question whether or not vaccines were safety, were, were safe or not. And, and he's been attacked left, right and center from the media, from his family, from everyone. Well, so the episode we just did yesterday, he talked about his father's death. So you oh. should go and see that and how he talked about the train ride with his father. And, and so go and, it's very moving, actually. Yeah. What I love about Bobby Kennedy is he's very sincere. And, what, and you just saw the clip where he's saying what everybody should be saying. Once you know, and really in this day and age, there's no excuse not to know. Look yeah. around you, for goodness sake. But once you know... 
you have a duty to do something about it. I honestly think that people that know and that are doing nothing, you're part of the problem. And that's harsh, I know. And people say, well, Polly, what do you want me to do? I'm stuck at home with my autistic child. Or I have no money. Or I have no qualifications. I had no qualifications when I set up the Autism Farm magazine. Believe in yourself. We believe in you. Uh, get together with like-minded people. And if they're not like-minded, kick them out and find someone else. Move fast. Because I interviewed Nicola Hood, who was in VAX2, the district attorney. And he right. says we have about six months, six months, people, worldwide, for us to change this. We have to yeah. get together and change this. Because if we don't, more people are going to die, which are dying every day as we know of these injuries. But we're going to, we have the ability as human beings on earth to change the course of history, to put it right. So everybody, whoever you are, Whatever your resources are, it, it, or nothing can do something, even if it's just praying. Mm -hmm. Then you've got to get involved. You've got to sign up to AVN. You've got to sign up to the to, to Children's Health Defence because we need to join together and we've got to support each other because we have to win this. That's we will win so this, true. but we have to win it in six months. And it's happening. There's a great awakening happening when it comes to this issue. Um, we saw that with the protest rallies last week. I mean, we had thousands of people coming out uh, in different locations around Australia who hadn't been out of their house for a long time with this COVID thing. And they came out and they risked getting arrested and they didn't really care. They wanted to to be part of this, to be part of this um, movement to help everyone understand what is happening to our children and to our adults. There are so many adults now dying from vaccinations as well. Um, you know, it's, it's absolutely tragic. Young, healthy people who are dying after the flu vaccine, where we've had quite a few cases of this in Australia just over the last 12 months. So yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and being harsh is just being realistic because there is a sense of urgency with this. We need, we can't keep going like we are. We just cannot. There are too many people we, getting no. hurt. We cannot sugarcoat this anymore. Mm. We cannot be, oh, that's just my opinion. You have your opinion. Or go ahead. You know, we, we just have to stop this. We can't have any more deaths. We can't have the government controlling. When you give birth to a child, or when you hold that child in your hands, or whether you're given a child to adopt, whatever it is, you are in charge of that child, not the doctors, not the government, yeah. not anybody else. And we've allowed this as a human race to happen because of this obey. I truly believe it goes back into school days of learning. They, they start to brainwash you then. Obey, obey, obey. I mean it. Think back. So because we've allowed this to happen, we the people also have to undo this so that the yep. future generations don't suffer. So please remember that you're in charge. Please band together. Please, the people that are shouting out these things like your baby murderers, point out to them what is going on right now. Tell them, look around you. Look at the, I have never seen so many children in wheelchairs. Have you? Paralyzed. And guess what? We're also hearing from the parents that this scoliosis Whoever talks about scoliosis, it yep. is an epidemic everywhere. And they're making a fortune over sticking those titanium rods up your children's back. There's no, there's no scoliosis in the vaccine-free. We haven't found any yet. They're heavily linked to the polio. 
Think about that for a second. It makes sense. Use your brains, people. Don't be like me and don't have an injured child that you have to look after for the rest of your life. Mm. Billy's not a problem because I love him so much. So don't get me wrong on this because I know the trolls are like, oh, Polly Tommy says Billy's a burden. He's not a burden. He's my precious child. I love him. He's a pleasure to look after him. And I'm so grateful he's alive and didn't die. But he shouldn't be like that because that's not how he was given to me as a child. He was given beautifully and perfectly made. And I injured him because guess what, parents? When you get an injured child, you will blame yourself because you had a choice. Yep. Everybody has a choice. You don't have to send your children to school. You don't have to do many, many of the things they tell us you have to do. You don't have to fall in line. You have to put your children first. And we thought by vaccinating them, we were doing the best thing for them. You now know because we're telling you. If you're listening right now and you're in doubt, I'm warning you. Meryl's warning you. We don't want to fight you. We want to warn you. And we don't want to say, I told you so. And we don't want to be writing your child's name on the bus. I don't want to be planting a tree for your dead baby. Yep, exactly. We're doing this because we don't want your children to end up like our children did. We want your children to be healthy. We don't want their potential and their future stolen. So, you know, anyone who says that we're doing this for any other reason may have their own reason for saying this. Um, And I am personally much more afraid of our government and what they are doing than I ever would be of not vaccinating my child or making an informed choice about what I'm going to do for my child. Um, And and it's interesting what you said about the school uh, brainwashing people because, yes, that is very much the case. And one benefit to the COVID-19 outbreak is because the schools have been closed, A lot of parents are homeschooling their children and realizing that, yes, we can do this. And I think when the schools reopen, a lot of them are going to be homeschooling or unschooling. And those children are going to be much better off not going to school than they would be otherwise. Uh, Because I think parents really didn't understand that that's something they could do. And when you look at what's going on in schools today, um, it's probably a good idea not to subject your children to a lot of what's going on there. 100%. I'm going to tell you this. If you, if anything, I don't know what Australia's schools are like after COVID, but here in America and in England, they want six feet apart. They want masks. They want, it's crazy. <laughs> All you'll be doing if you send your child into that, your little five-year-old into that, is installing fear at the age yeah. of five. Children at age five should be playing life skills. It's crazy the amount of pressure we put on a five-year-old in this day and age. Stop. You don't need to. You don't need to do that. And I speak to the homeschoolers, and they do two hours in the morning of homeschool. Most of it's online, so you don't even have to be clever to teach your children anything. Um, And you can learn with them as well. And then they go to art museums, or they go and watch the backs whilst traveling around Australia, or they go and learn how to grow organic food. Life, they do sewing and cooking and all the things that I used to do as a child in school, which they've stopped now. Yes. So, and they're so healthy. The uh, parents teach them to question things, question things. And you have, Australia is a beautiful country. Mm, You can never stop homeschooling your child in Australia. No. Anita. control parents. That's it. Anita unschools. She's got four unschooled children. They are the smartest most well-adjusted, most poised children I have ever known in my entire life. They are just amazing. And if I had known about that, I might have tried doing that myself. My kids went to a Steiner school, so I was lucky they didn't go to a state school. But 
Um, there are options that people can have, just like there are options about vaccination, there are options about schooling, about everything in life, and we just need to be able to make those choices, and that's what it's all about. Um, oh, Actually, my God. Mel, one yes. of the things that we do need to do, I just want to say this, so we, and we haven't done this yet, but I keep talking, but I've been talking about it for years, and we haven't done it. We need to set up some kind of website of parent skills because we need to be employing. So people have to say you're a nurse and you say, well, I can't work if I homeschool my child. OK, that if you're a nurse, we want you. If you're a good nurse, we want you. We want you in our communities. We want you in our lives. Mm. We'll employ you. So let's start employing each other. Don't let the government win. If they say you got to have your shots, you can't go to school and that person can't work. Look around you. Club together and make this happen. You don't need to be told what to do because it's endangering your life and your child. So let's employ. If I want a plumber or I want my haircut, That's I want to choose idea. someone who are in our community there actually are two groups in australia that i know of that are doing that um one of them is on the gold coast and they've got 1800 families and the other one is in the northern rivers where i am and i think they've got about 800 families and they oh, they do support plus they have all of the uh i have a garden i'm growing these vegetables i have too many does anybody want them um i i'm a plumber i'm a builder i'm a plasterer whatever they do that. And yes, I think that's something that we all need to do uh, to get away from the, the big corporations and to do it ourselves um, and to turn our TVs off for a week. I just read something from someone who said that we should all take a week and just turn off our television. Don't watch any TV. We don't watch TV at all. We, we do watch Netflix, but we don't watch any TV news or anything like that. So take a week and turn off your TV. Don't watch anything mainstream for an entire week. And at the end of the week, see what your brain is like. Because <laughs> I'll bet you anything it's going to be better. We don't have any mainstream better. television in this house. And it's been the best thing ever. Yep. I agree. I agree. Just Roku, Peaks TV. <laughs> that's it. Put that plug in there. I think that's brilliant um, that Roku will not censor you. That's fantastic. So um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. If people want to donate to the Autism Trust um, in, in the United States where you're running that, uh, have you got a website where they can do that? And I will put it up on, the, on this list as well. So what's the website for that? So we are the Autism Center Austin. And yes, I know we've got the word autism in there, but that's because it was formed many years ago before I knew what I had now. And, and because of my reason for being in America, I can't change the name of looks there. So yes, that. Um, I, if I've got time to just quickly say one more thing. That Absolutely. I feel is very we've got as long as you want. Um, I really want, if anybody's listening and they say, you know, what can we do? What can we, how can we help? Here's what you can do, and I feel this is so important. Teach your children about Billy Tommy. Teach your children about Mason Bundy. Teach your children about Colton Barrett. Tell them. I want them to grow up understanding that countless, we don't even know how many, children, babies, real human beings, had their lives taken or their brains murdered, is what I call it, so that we can put the future right. So if you have a beautiful, unhealthy, I mean, sorry, a beautiful, healthy, unvaccinated child or a child that understands, teach them about what happened because I want them to grow up and understand that Billy may have a meltdown if you're near him because he because of whatever, the environment, whatever it may be, and so that they have empathy with these people because they've suffered enough 
That's why we're building the trust so that they live with love and purpose for the rest of their life because they deserve it. They deserve it. They do. And and we know that the children that are injured, if you're watching this and you have an injured child, your child did take one for the team. And I'm sorry about that. But because you're speaking out about your child, you're saving people's lives. So something good has to come out of this. And what would be good is if the future generations or the children that are around that understand today, understand that people like Billy are not frightening. Mm. They're desperate for friends. They're desperate to be loved. And if you can teach your children to love them, that would be the best gift you could ever give us parents of vaccinated children, ever. That's a brilliant piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so important. And sadly, I think a lot of children nowadays are learning how they can be friends with children like Billy because they're seeing so many of them in their schools. But yeah, I think it is very important that people are made aware of that um, because yeah, these, these children are in our community. They are part of our families and we need to know how to love them and how to make them feel wanted and loved as well. So thank you for sharing that, Polly. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go? Um. No, just keep just we've just got to stay together. We've got to stay strong. Oh, um, I go out live every day on Instagram, Monday to Friday on Vax Two, and we're going to do Meryl's. I did an interview with Meryl, and it got taken down by Instagram. <laughs> Who would expect so, that? Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> they do get taken down. So you have to watch live, people. I don't have a time to go out because I can't. If I had a time, I'd never go out live because they're on my back. But it's not on my back. They're on our back because we are the parents. So uh, yeah. Try and um, just support everybody going live and telling the truth. If you watch what's going on around the world, is you see more and more people getting their cameras out and going live and telling the truth. That's the real truth. That's the real media that you should be watching. That's um, it. So just support them in, in, in with love. You know, when you send a heart to someone or you say thank you, it means so much to the person that's just doing the interview. <laughs> yeah, it gives them confidence to keep going. So. It doesn't cost anything to do that. So just keep loving on each other, everybody. We've got to do that. And your Instagram, is it at a, a set time or you just do it at random times? No, we can't do set time because they take us down. Right. We don't even announce when we're going. It's But it, if you sign up to Vax2 on Instagram, it's not Polly Tommy Vax2, then it'll alert you. It'll give you a notification good. when we're live. So okay, we'll good. And sometimes it doesn't last very long because they take, they take us down. <laughs> But sometimes they get away with it, depending how busy they are. <laughs> That's it. You know you're over the target when they do that. That's great. They're quite clever. I've got to give them that. The other side are clever. They're, this has got to be the most successful marketing campaign ever in the history of mankind because we all fell for it. Mm, absolutely. So. Absolutely. But no more. No, we're not falling no, for it anymore. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Polly, we love you. Love you so much. And thank you for coming on here. Well, I hope that, that when you go live with the bus, go out on the bus, we go live on all of our platforms. Everybody just blasts out with this bus. And if you haven't seen the bus, people watching, it is the twin of the American bus. I, it is its twin. I'm it's just showing it here now. It has other. The only thing that's different is it says two. It has our web address on it, and it has uh, the logo, people's the truth. AVN logo. It says the people's truth. It says Vax2, the people's truth, avn.org. They're not going to like that. Oh. They're not going to like people's truth. That's The people's truth is what's the biggest threat. I'm telling you, peeps. Keep going. We are the people's truth. We are. We will win. We really are. So, And we are winning. We are winning, and that's why they're so scared. So let's keep winning. 
And uh, Polly, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you everyone who watched today. And I will look through the comments and I will put those links. Oh, with the Autism Trust, is it .org or .com, the web address? It's the Autism Center Austin dot com dot com dot I don't know <laughs> that's oh, all right I'll look it up I'll look it up it's okay <laughs> it's oh, like your phone wait. number you never call yourself so you don't know it so <laughs> no. all right I'll look that up and I'll put the link there thank you so much you'll find it everybody is saying thank you thank you thank you and they're saying our bus we're so proud so um yes it is all of our bus and yes thank you polly again so much for everything well, you've done lots of love, Meryl, and love to everyone in australia all right Mwah. you take care see you later bye bye, bye.